everyone. Welcome to Chi Alpha After Hours, where we take a closer look at what it means to follow Jesus on the university campus. I'm Cassie, hosting by myself today. I'm here with Johanna, one of my fabulous co-pastors here at OSU. You may recognize her as one of our primary preachers and artists at fellowship gatherings. Joe will be sharing her testimony today, and I am so excited for you all to hear it. We hope that hearing about what God has done in her life will be an encouragement to you, and particularly those of you who can relate to her story. Welcome to the podcast, Johanna. Thanks for meeting with me and sharing your testimony with us. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. (laughs) All right, so how about you introduce yourself? What do you do here on staff at OSU? Um, So I am primarily doing... um, Promotions and media, literally everything Cassie doesn't do. (laughs) So I don't do social media. I don't do the podcast. um, But most of all of the other promotions and media, um, I'm the one who takes care of that. Also, on years where we're able to go do missions, I'm the missions coordinator. So I plan mission trips. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm kind of the one who oversees all of them. So as we grow as a ministry, we're going to be able to have, um, we're going to be able to have more mission trips and maybe on one year there'll be more than one and I'll be overseeing multiple ones. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in addition to that, as Cassie's already mentioned, I'm one of the primary teachers. And so I preach a lot. You've probably seen me before if you've been to more than one fellowship gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, like everyone else on our staff team, I manage a core and I do one-on-one mentoring. Johanna does a lot. She's the, she's the mastermind behind many things. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into your story. Where do you want to start? Um... I kind of like to start, like, with a basis of where I came from growing Mm -hmm. up, um, because I really committed my life to Jesus in college, and I think that my childhood was pretty uh, informative of what I needed to meet Jesus Mm -hmm. in the time that I did. Um, So I grew up in a family with three older brothers. And I was the youngest child. Um, And my mom was always, when I was little, pretty into Christianity. She Mm -hmm. would take us to church every week up until I was about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And then my oldest brother was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And uh, when that happened, the church that we'd been going to just handled it really poorly when my mom reached out for help. Mm -hmm. And um, that kind of started a stage in our lives where we didn't go to church nearly as often. Um, Mm -hmm. I also had some kind of weird experiences with their teachings, even when I was little. Um, In particular, I remember a Sunday school where they told me that um, because Jesus got really angry at the moneylenders in the temple that showed that Jesus also sins. Whoa. Yeah. Um, And so I sort of had a basis in Christianity, but there were some kind of weird teachings and like some not necessarily the best representations of what it was for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
I got really into science when I was really young and I didn't have like a super stable um, spiritual presence and a lot of the people who were teaching me about um, different ideologies than Christianity were in some ways like a better representation of what it means to love and care for people Mm -hmm. than um, any of the people who were trying to show me what Christianity was. Gotcha. And uh, kind of a combination of just me caring a lot about rationality and not having very good answers to questions and... um, and having like non-believing positive role models while the believing role models in my life were very poor, Mm -hmm. I think led to, uh, by the end of high school, um, really probably by the beginning of high school, I just was afraid to say it because there was a lot of pressure on me from my mom, Mm -hmm. um, not believing in God at all. And I had also grown up in a family where um, there were several people who had bipolar disorder. I had one brother who had um, and still has a lot of struggles with drug addiction. Mm -hmm. And um, there was just a lot of tumult in my childhood. I also experienced some abuse when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I went away to college pretty much in this place where it was like, I didn't believe in God. Um, from what I could see, if there was a God, God didn't care about me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was pretty sure there wasn't one. So I was like somewhere in the agnostic atheist range, leaning a little towards atheist. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt like I didn't have a really strong understanding of what it meant to be consistently listened to and consistently cared about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that just kind of sprung from the difficulties of both having been abused and also of having been in a family with a lot of mental illness. Yeah. Um, And so I got to college, and I was planning on, explicitly planning on not being involved in anything Christian-related, because it felt to me like every time I'd been to something Christian-related, it had been very forced. Mm. Um, And so I went to college, and some of the first people I met there were in Chi Alpha. Uh, God has a sense of humor. Yes, he does. (laughs) Um, And when I say some of, I mean probably the first 10 people I met were in Chi Alpha. How did you meet them? Um, Some of them lived in the same dorm as me. Um, One of them was... uh, the he's still my friend now actually but i had met his ex-girlfriend and she in, um introduced me to him wow um so that was weird he's actually now a pastor with bellevue chi alpha oh man okay um so i still see him every year when we have like That's regional funny. gatherings but mm-hmm. uh mostly just being in the dorms the people in chi alpha were there and very friendly mm-hmm. Um, I lived in the dorms with a lot of them, and then there were a few who just led cores in the dorms, and yeah. so I met them when they were going around meeting everyone. So you weren't looking for people, but they were looking for you. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. And I had people there ask me, like, hey, are you interested in Chi Alpha? And I would be like, no, I don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. And 
every time I had that conversation, they'd say, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And they'd keep hanging out with me. Yeah. Um, and kept accepting me. Mm-hmm. And probably my first week, uh, those were some remarkably persistent people. <laughs> um, they must have had God telling them really clearly mm-hmm. they needed to keep inviting me because they invited me an absurd amount. I was probably invited around 70 times oh in goodness. the first week to go to Chi Alpha. <laughs> and I said no every mm-hmm. single time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't like mad about it. So I think that probably they were just, like, getting a nudge from God that, like, Mm -hmm. no, it's okay for you to keep asking. Yeah. Um, But I got to the first Friday night that I was there, and the Chi Alpha at my college met on Friday nights, Mm -hmm. um, kind of like how fellowship meets on Friday nights here. Yeah. Um, And I started feeling like I should go to their gathering. Mm -hmm. And... It was kind of a funny thing for me because I'm, like, very rationally minded in a lot of ways, which isn't to say, like, I'm completely logical or anything. It's just that, like, it bothers me when things don't make sense. Sure. Um, And I was sitting there, like, arguing with what I perceived to be myself over whether or not I should go. And... It was like an hour into their first service when I was like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to hate it and I'm never going to go back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went in and it was so crowded that there wasn't even anywhere to sit in the aisles. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um, So I stood awkwardly by the back door. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't know me very well, and only really see me in front of the group. I actually am pretty introverted and pretty shy Mm -hmm. and pretty socially (laughs) awkward naturally. So I was very uncomfortable. Um, And I don't remember a whole lot about that service. Mm -hmm. I remember being very uncomfortable and that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah. But after the service, I was getting ready to go, and a group of people who were all new friends I'd made saw me and yelled to me from all the (laughs) way across the room, which also made me a little uncomfortable. It's your worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, But then when they came up, they were just, like, so genuinely happy to have me there, Mm. and it wasn't, like, fake or staged or anything. Mm -hmm. It was... Very, like, invitational and warm. They even were like, hey, some of our friends are going to go do this after the gathering. Do you want to come with us? Mm -hmm. And I just felt really welcomed and cared for by them. Mm. And um, so I continued to go to the Chi Alpha gatherings just because I really loved having that type of friendship Mm -hmm. and feeling cared for and the way they made me feel cared for. Yeah. Um, And I was actually involved in two chords for a while because (laughs) I got confused when I was invited. Oh. (laughs) Um, I had two different people invite me and I lived in a dorm called Eden's and both of them said, this is the Eden's core. Oh, no. Um, But it turned out that it wasn't true. (laughs) Um, One of them was the Eden's core and one of them was the Eden's Eden's North Court was oh. just that both of them only had people in Eden's Hall. Um, 
So That's confusing. It was confusing. It was very confusing. And they met in the dorms. Then. Yeah, yeah, and they met in the yeah. dorms. Both yeah. of them met, like, actually in my floor's lounge. Wow. Um, so it was very confusing. <laughs> um, but there I was, a little atheist going every week to... To two cores. <laughs> two cores and to the weekly service. And I was meeting with two people for one-on-ones because I didn't know what one-on-ones were. Mm. And both of them, when I came to the first core, were like, you're going to do one-on-ones with me. Oh, And I was like, what? What does that mean? And they were like, when can you meet? (laughs) And I was like, I guess I can meet at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually, I broke up with one of my cores. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's not sustainable. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Um, But something that I, even though I didn't really understand one-on-ones, that I came to really appreciate about Mm one-on-ones was that I had... um, a relationship with someone who was an intern with the Chi Alpha group there. Mm -hmm. And she just, like, wanted to let me guide my learning and my seeking Mm -hmm. after God. Mm -hmm. And I think that was something that I really needed. Like, the first term, she tried to um, have us read the Bible, and I said, no, I'm not reading the Bible. And she actually just said, okay, what are we talking about then? Okay. Um... And so she didn't try to really force anything, Hmm. and she was very willing to just listen and um, hear my hesitations about faith, but also just, like, try to be involved in my life in a way I don't think I was really ready to have someone be involved in Hmm. my life yet. What do you mean by that? Um... I mean that I really didn't trust people at all at that point. I was really sort of afraid of everyone. Um, But she wasn't, like, overly pushy. She just asked questions I perceived as being, like, really intrusive that Mm -hmm. I now see are not necessarily intrusive. They were questions (laughs) like, what was your family life like? Oh, okay. (laughs) What are your, what's your relationship with your brothers like? Things like that. Okay. but she was really willing to take, like, I don't want to answer that. Hmm. Um, and I think that that whole year, I wasn't necessarily prepared to have the type of deep relationship she was hoping to have with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was very willing to be patient. Yeah. And um, she was very willing to uh, to just leave it alone, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, to be okay with the level of commitment that you had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that year, that was something I really needed. Um, and she also did a really good job of, like, talking down um, paths that a lot of Christians had been really hesitant to talk about before. Mm. Um, like I mentioned, I was, and still am, really into science. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always been fascinated by our world and by the idea of discovering more about it. Yeah. And she was ready to talk to me about like, okay, so what are viable options for someone who's walking down the path of maybe becoming a Christian mm-hmm. and who also ha- has sciences something that's Um, kind of one of the key things that brings you life, you know? Um, and 
I think that that's sometimes uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't ready to let anything be a complete roadblock to me meeting Jesus, short of things that are like explicitly against what Jesus says are requirements for salvation. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so sometime in winter term, I don't really have like a spiritual birthday like some people do, <laughs> but at some point in winter term, I sort of stopped going to Chi Alpha things because of the people. And it got Mm -hmm. to a point where I realized that it was about God. Mm -hmm. It was more of a like realization though, than it was a moment where I gave my life up to God. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, that was kind of when I came to know Jesus. Yeah. Um, And so from there, I think that I finished that school year committed to God, Mm -hmm. um, and I finished that school year excited to study the Bible Mm -hmm. um, and having a really strong intellectual understanding of who God is. That's so cool. Um, Yeah, which was great. And I think that, like, the intellectual understanding was something that I really needed to Mm -hmm. even start Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, But one thing that I didn't have is I didn't, even though I really loved my friends and they were really great friends to me, Mm -hmm. I didn't have an understanding of what it meant to have, like, a deep, loving relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. And I had a really poor understanding about my own value, which I think translated to having... Um, a really low belief in what someone could, how someone could value me. Mm, Okay. Um, So I went into my sophomore year and I had a new Corfa Mm -hmm. and her name is Lauren. She is to this day, my, one of my best friends in Mm -hmm. the entire world. And we started off the year so awkward. <laughs> She's like an absolute sweetheart. Uh-huh. And she was a sophomore in college. So she was really young. Same age. Same age yeah. as me. Um, she had like just turned 19 a few weeks before the school year Man. started. Did you know her so, before she was your Corfa? I had met her. Okay. I didn't like know her. Okay. So this um, was a new relationship. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a new relationship. Mm-hmm. And we started meeting together, and I think she had no idea what to do with me mm. because she would, like, ask me questions, and I'd give her one word or one sentence oh, answers, man. and that would be the entire one-on-one was, like, an hour <laughs> of that. Um, but uh-huh. both of us are, like, very high-commitment people. Mm-hmm. Um And so we'd meet every single week consistently for very awkward conversations. And it was entirely my fault. Like, (laughs) it was all my fault. I was the one who was unwilling to actually talk to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were, like, some things going on in my family life. Again, at this point, my brother, who I mentioned, who struggles with drug addiction, had just recently been arrested Mm -hmm. and um, was going to be going to prison. And I didn't really trust people, so I didn't have, like, a way to talk about it. Yeah. Um, And so also, poor Lauren would, like, ask, how are you doing today? And I'm like, I'm doing badly. And she'd be like, why is that? And I would be like, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> you gave her something to work for. <laughs> I did. I really gave her something to work for. Um, but over time, her persistence was something that ended up being um, really important for my development as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned earlier that my f- freshman year, I had a Corfa who was willing to just let things go. Mm. And I think I really needed that in my walk with Jesus at that point. Mm -hmm. But what I had in Lauren was a Corfa who was willing to respect my no, but was not willing to let it go. Mm. Um, So every week she would ask the same questions again until she got real answers. Um, And I think that at that point, that was something I really needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I went the first term and a half like that with Mm -hmm. Lauren. Um, And then we reached a point where the Chi Alpha I went to did their mission trips in the spring. Mm -hmm. And I was wanting to go on a mission trip, but I was also wanting to visit my brother in prison and didn't know if I'd be able to do both. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was really uncertain about what I wanted to do. And I really didn't know how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And There was kind of this tension for a while of, like, how do I figure this out without ever telling anyone anything? Yeah. Um, And eventually it just reached the point where I was like, Lauren has been asking me about this for months. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should just tell her why I'm not sure. Maybe she wants to know. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe she wants to know. And so she kind of became the first person Mm -hmm. I really learned how to trust. Yeah. Um, and she has since then just been like my, probably my most consistent friend. Mm -hmm. Um, but it started out with just her being really persistent Mm -hmm. and, um, being willing to love me, even though I probably made an hour of every single week, very (laughs) awkward for her. Very uncomfortable for her. Yeah. Um, And I think that it was with that relationship with Lauren and starting to really realize that um, it's not enough to just trust God. We need to trust the people that Mm. he has in our lives. Yeah. Um, And, like, us being made for community doesn't just mean that we're made to, like, gather in groups. It means that we're made to have really deep, personal, one-on-one relationships with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that that um, main thing kind of shaped the trajectory of my relationship with the Lord going forward for... um, not just like the rest of college, but into uh, my years doing an internship with Chi Alpha um, as well. And I think that after that, there's been like a little bit more going on. But um, I think that a lot of college was about just like learning to step closer to people mm-hmm. and learning to deal well with interpersonal relationships in general. Yeah. Um. My junior year of college, I became a Corfa, and um, I had a kind of ridiculous situation with it. Like, I was taking 18 uh, credits of upper division lab sciences. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
I took an upper division behavioral neuroscience and an A&P class Mm -hmm. at the same time, which Mm -hmm. are both like, you should never take both of those at the same time. That's my (laughs) advice to any of you science majors out Mm -hmm. there. Don't take behavioral neuroscience and anatomy and physiology at the same Mm -hmm. time. If you want to live. And you did that while being a Corfa. Yeah. For so the no first one else time. has an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I did that while being a Corfa and I had two jobs. Dang. Um, and I really felt like I didn't know how to be a Corfa at all. Um, and I had what I thought was representative of a normal core and turned out to actually be like, wow, I have a lot of difficult one on ones actually. Mm. And I had 10 of them. Um, Why did you do it? I did it because I thought God wanted me to, honestly. That's a good reason. Um, Like, I had a whole process leading up to it where I wasn't very certain that I could be a good Corfa. A lot Mm -hmm. of the reasoning I had for that was around kind of what I've talked about before of, like, I don't know how to do people, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, But... I, in the time I was trying to decide, I was, like, borderline bombarded Mm -hmm. by things that were, like, just seemingly out of nowhere, um, where, like, every sermon I went to was, like, at, like, regardless of the church or the location, had kind of, like, the crux of it being, like, you know what God has called you to, (laughs) step into it. And I had a bunch of people just, like, who I barely even knew just mm-hmm. coming up completely randomly, like, oh, are you going to be a Corfa next year? Oh, man. And just all sorts of things yeah. like that. Um, so it was yeah. like God was practically screaming at me. God called you to do a hard thing. Yeah. yeah. God called me to do a hard thing, and it was a thing I didn't really want to do, and it was a thing I didn't feel qualified to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that something that's important about it is that if God calls you to do something, none of that really matters. Yeah. Like, ultimately, he's going to make sure that you can do it. He's going to build you up where you're incapable. Um, And there were a lot of places where I was not necessarily super capable at that point. Yeah. Um, But kind of the bottom line is my first year as a Corfa. I hated being a Corfa, if I'm being totally yeah. honest. Um, but I was talking to the pastor who mentored me, mm-hmm. and um, it was like the very end of the school year, and I was trying to decide if I was going to be a Corfa again the next year. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Johanna, you've done a really good job. Mm-hmm. And hearing from you... That the main thing that's keeping you from being a Corfa again is that you feel like you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and gosh, this is like, she's not a guilt trippy person. I need to give this <laughs> you that uh, before I say the sentence. She yeah. said, I will cry if you're not a Corfa oh again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't recommend saying to people. Right. Um, And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't make Shannon cry. (laughs) And so I decided to be a Corpa again. Oh, no. Wow. Um, That's impressive. Yeah. So that was a weird moment. And it's also funny because, like, anyone who knows 
her right. knows that that's like not how she disciples people. This is usually. weird for Shannon, you guys. It's really weird for <laughs> Shannon. Huh. Um, so She's I don't know no. what was happening in her brain mm-hmm. at that moment, but that was what I needed to hear to be a Corfa again. Dang. Okay. Um, so you so did it. I was a Corfa again. Mm-hmm. Um, and my senior year, I enjoyed being a Corfa a mm-hmm. lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a slightly more manageable number of people. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit of experience, so I didn't really feel like I was just making everything up the entire time. Yeah. Um, and I had a variety of types of students. I had some students who really hard things were going on with, mm-hmm. but I also had some students who had just like, you know, normal college struggles, yeah. which aren't always easy, but... It didn't feel like I was going into every single one-on-one, like, what tragedy am I encountering today? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing that happened with that year was that I got even busier in terms of school and work. And I felt like I couldn't really invest in my core Mm -hmm. um, nearly as well as I wanted to. Yeah. Um, Because I could do, like... The core, I could meet for one-on-ones. I could mm-hmm. even occasionally hang out with them extra. Mm-hmm. But I was just so busy. Yeah. Um, and so I decided to do an internship primarily because I wanted a year where I could just focus on giving back to the community that had brought me to know God. Yeah. Um, and I had, like, no intention of going into campus ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I still was entirely positive that I wasn't going to go into campus ministry. Yeah. Um, at that point, I felt sure that I was called somewhere in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was pretty sure I was going to be either a children's pastor or working in camps. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really like rec and I really like working with kids. Yeah. Um, But throughout my years in the internship, something I came to realize is that I just thrive so much off of academic intellectual Mm -hmm. conversations. And I'm actually much better at discipling young adults than I am at discipling children as much as I love children. Yeah. Um, And so I think like really what it comes down to is I discovered a passion for campus ministry Mm -hmm. that I didn't think I had. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of how I ended up in campus ministry. But my years of the internship were by no means, like, easy. Right. Um, Something that at my Chi Alpha people would say was that being doing the internship is like being in a pressure cooker. Mm. Um, You grow a lot really fast, but you're under so much pressure for Mm. it to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I think that the tendency is that you start to, through being involved in the internship, it starts to kind of reveal things about yourself you've been hiding. Mm -hmm. And I think I'd been hiding a lot of emotional baggage still. Mm -hmm. And I'd been hiding um, a lot of, like, struggles that I was afraid to look at. Um, I was a ministry leader, too. Yeah, Yeah. and I was a ministry leader at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that I ended up realizing was, like, if I'm going to be a pastor, I need to deal with this. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, and so something that I ended up doing during my internship was I ended up, um, for the first time, like actually talking about having been abused Mm -hmm. and, um, started working through that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say I'm still in a process, but I'm in a much healthier place now than I was then. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been how many years now? How old am I? (laughs) Um... I started the internship in 2014, so it's been about six and a half years. Six years of working through that. Yeah. 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 Um, But the two years of the internship were like a kind of intensive version Mm -hmm. of that. So I was like, you know, kind of an emotional wreck for the entire two years. Yeah. Um, And so like it started with like, the realization that I needed to tell someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those two years, I went from like, I'm telling someone to, for the first time through, I'm going to go confront the person who abused me. Wow. Um, and that's pretty fast. That's a lot. Um, but it was something that really needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think I haven't really started to see the freeing results of it until mm-hmm. just the past couple years. Wow. Um, it was one of those things where, like, I went and did it, and I felt worse afterward mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I think that something that I was talking about earlier with Lauren, um, who was also one of the first people I talked about with this with, um, mm-hmm. was that I had started to realize that I needed to trust people. But I didn't really understand, like, the depth to which that could go. Hmm. Um, There were things, like, I had, at that point in my life, like, I couldn't remember a time when I wasn't, like, constantly sad. And um, in my head, I was like, no, I don't have depression. Um, But... (laughs) Warning signs. Spoiler (laughs) alert, I do. Um, Mm. But I think that, like, I felt really afraid to share that Mm. partially because of my brother's experiences with bipolar disorder. And I was really afraid that I'd immediately be diagnosed as bipolar and go through, like, a really rough medication process for bipolar disorder. Yeah. Um, when fortunately something, I don't know if anyone needs to hear this, but medical professionals are more professional than that and will not diagnose you with bipolar disorder unless you're actually manic. Um, (laughs) the professionals, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, two of my brothers had had just a horrendous experience Mm -hmm. with being stabilized and I was terrified of that. Mm -hmm. And I was really, um, terrified of sharing about my depression because of that. Um, and so something that I started to discover between like that, which I think was really shaped in a lot of ways by, um, having been abused and talking about being abused, Mm -hmm. um, was that I started to realize that, like, even though it wasn't necessarily, like, deep, dark sins I was struggling with, there were still, like, deep, dark areas in my life that I hadn't let anyone into. Mm. Yeah. And that it really was, like, God's will for those to come out Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And so I think that in a lot of ways, um, my first 
half a decade or more of following Jesus was really marked by starting with God being like, I want you to trust me and that I love you, but like moving forward of like, trust that the people in your life love you and that the people in your life are going to have your interests at heart. Yeah. Um, while also teaching me really healthy boundaries. Um, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I think that what some of the things I discovered mm-hmm. through my process of working through um, having been abused in my internship was that Not I had... Not abused in the internship. Working through that in the internship. Yes. Key. Yes. <laughs> Yes, important. That, that is a good disambiguation <laughs> of my ambiguous language. The English language is ambiguous. It is. I just wanted to clarify. Thanks for that disambiguation, Cassie. Um, was like, I realized both that I had unhealthily closed relation, um, boundaries with the people who had proven themselves over and over again to be trustworthy Hmm. and unhealthily open boundaries with people who had proven themselves over and over again to be untrustworthy in my life. Um, And so I think that there was kind of this pattern of like God being like, trust the people who I have shown you, you should trust. Hmm. And also, like, learn to be in healthy relationship and what actual reconciliation looks like with people who have hurt you. Yeah. Um, and I think that I kind of was in this process of just learning more and more what it means to be a human in relationship with humans and also yeah. be a human in relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I started, I think I, that that process in the internship also started to like build in me, um, learning how to, um, that process in the internship started to build in me, um, this pattern of, engaging in relationships in healthier ways, Mm -hmm. whether that's recognizing that for there to be reconciliation, um, there has to be understanding on both ends of what that means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But also being able to see, like, the areas in which I was in some ways, like, really difficult friend, like... Mm -hmm. um, People were really super invested in me, and I was scared to let them know me. And I mm-hmm. don't think that that means I was a bad friend. Right. I was a very committed friend. Yeah. Um, but I think that I was starting to get a better paradigm of, like, what it actually means mm. to um, follow God in my relationships with other people. Yeah. Um. What are some ways that you've seen God um, work in your life now? Now that you're a pastor, you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that God has both through the process that I've kind of been talking to and through the past four and a half years of being a pastor, mm-hmm. um, I think that he's been doing a lot to, I guess, teach me how to love really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think 
I've been learning, like I, like I said before, I kind of just have always had this commitment thing where it's like, I'm really committed no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that I've been learning the value of that, that that's like actually a good thing relationally in addition to just like doing work jobs. Mm -hmm. But I think that also, um, something that's been really hard for me in the past has been getting, like, what I actually feel on the outside. Mm. Um, and I think that God has been really growing me in, like, empathetic responses to people. Yay. Um, being a pastor involves a lot of being around people and working through difficult things with them, mm -hmm. which I've always loved. And... Um, I've always really, really felt passionate about wanting to help people even before I knew Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, but I think something that I've been growing in a lot as a pastor is learning how to not just care internally, but care externally for yeah. people um, and how to express to people how much I love them and the depth of commitment I have for them. Um, you do that really well. Oh, thank you. Okay, so if you were talking to someone and you only had a few sentences to communicate what you've learned about God by walking with him, what would you say? I think that I would say that, um, God is deeply committed and loyal, mm -hmm. um, but not just, not only is God faithful to us, um, but he's grown in us a faithfulness towards each other and mm -hmm. is growing in us faithfulness towards each other. Yeah. Um, and I guess I mean that in kind of two senses. One of them is in the sense of like kind of that first half of what I was talking about of like God does develop other humans to be faithful and trustworthy. Yeah. Um, but also that God is growing in you that faithfulness and that ability to follow him well and also love others well. Hmm. Yeah. I think I've seen that in your life. You know, you really model that well for the people that you meet with and for the people who are your friends. I feel very loved, Johanna. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Also, I know that's a lot of um, you know, that's a lot of hardship that you've gone through and you just shared about healing with us. So thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. You're awesome. I love you. I love you too. Okay. We're getting sappy friends. We are. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll end there. Uh, Johanna, thank you so much for joining me and sharing about how God has worked in your life. I know I really appreciate it. Um, and if you're out there listening, we hope this episode encourages you as you are walking with God. Feel free to email us with comments, questions, or topic suggestions at social at OregonStateXA.com or reach out to one of us in person. We would love to talk with you. Have a great week. And remember, being a persistent and loving friend might be what brings someone to Jesus. Jesus.